The golden rule says you should treat others the way you want to be treated. But an unfortunate truth is that idea doesn't account for the driving power of wanting to prove someone wrong or get even. Media moguls Vince McMahon and Ted Turner turned the 90s cable airwaves into an open war zone of professional wrestling with millions of fans. The global superpowers of the 20th century even threw down to be the first to send a man to the moon just as a flex. There are stories where people crash and burn in perceived mutual hatred, too. Like naturalist Charles Waterton humiliating himself trying to bring down American birding icon James Audubon. But that's the beauty of beef. It's funny, it's dark, it's humanity in a nutshell. And it's a triple gold signal award-winning show from Next Chapter Podcasts. I'm Bridget Todd. Join me as I serve up the juiciest rivalries you've never heard of. Listen to Beef wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Are you aware that Remy Ma says that she's 35 instead of 43 because she says prison doesn't count and neither does COVID? <laughs> that's, that's what I read as I was sitting in this chair to come and record this with you. That from people.com's Instagram. Ooh, all right. So if she, so she's counting three years for COVID then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that means she was in jail for five years. Do we know wh- why was she in jail? Because I, I honestly don't, even don't remember. know. Something with I'm like not googling it because being I'm in a already... gang, I don't know something like that. No, I'm not even googling it because I already have so much respect for her for having the audacity to say that in, in public that I don't want to know she did a stupid crime. No, she was like in like it was like I think she like stabbed someone. <laughs> like it was bad. Like it was bad. It wasn't like oh she like ran a red light. <laughs> Like it was like, I think violent. Wait, let's find out now. So I'm not being, I'm not trashing her and not no jail. Remy Ma jail. Okay. Legal issues. Oh yeah. She, 
turned herself into New York City police in relation to a shooting early in the morning. Oh. Yeah, so oh. it was bad. <laughs> All right. Well, um, but she's I mean, 35. So been... what like okay. what age do you want to be? <laughs> Hopefully she'll do better with the new new math she's developed that yeah. she did with whatever the fuck happened when she was 35. I love a good public age revision and like it. just delusion. I love it. Speaking of that, Speaking of people trying to look younger than they are, oh, a shockwave was sent throughout the entire world. Seismic. When a Variety article told us that Kim Cattrall is returning as Samantha Jones, colon, mm. PR, on, and just like that. Did not see that coming. I swear I did not see it coming. I, I did. I really, I was just shocked. I mean. I mean, shocked and though. You know, and just like that, she needed to pay bills, obviously. I, yes, she needs work. And although everyone's like, she's on How I Met Your Father. And I'm like, they can't be paying her bills. But maybe Well, you know are. what? Well, she has a series dropping on Netflix the same day that, and just like that premieres. No, she doesn't. No, she I swear, Called what? Christopher. I, it's called Glamorous. And she's sort of like a Miranda Priestly of makeup type. Uh, character. It's, and it's a very on clear the same cast. Day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's competing. It's also on a different. Uh, well, I mean, I guess everything it's is not competing. a coincidence. I don't think it's designed. It's not. No, a it's not a coincidence. I mean, she's getting more free press from the cameo than she is. I mean, you you didn't even know through all this coverage that she was going to be on this Netflix no. show. So it's worked. Now, one now another person's going to be watching it because I just told you, and probably the 4.2 million weekly listeners that are <laughs> facing famous people will now watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the question is, like, how much money is she being paid to do this? She's doing one, for those of you who literally live under a rock, mm -hmm. she's showing up for one scene where she's alone and she's going to be on a phone call and no one else in the cast is going to be on set with her that day. How mm -hmm. much money is she making on this? I'm going to, I would say for the scene, she's probably getting $500,000. That would you be my You think that's guess. it? I, I do. I, I really do. Because I think, I think that she probably would do it for 500 grand knowing that, they they couldn't come back to season three without her. And I think that's where she's going to make her killing. I think what's even you'll, you'll now you'll believe that she's being overpaid when I tell you that it is just her in a car on the phone, but she's not talking to anyone. She's just playing candy crush. on the <laughs> 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 Now is 500 grand too much money. Oh my God. Like how I, much do you think she's being paid? I think like $5 million. Come Am I insane? On. I'm insane. I'm insane. Right. I but like, I think that's insane for this what is her bargain. Yes. This is her bargaining chip though. I thought we were three seasons away from this is what I thought. I thought we were three <laughs> seasons away from her doing this. I thought it was going to take like everyone in the country to just show up at her house and like lay on the ground and beg her. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if, and just like that was as universally beloved as sex in the city, you probably never would have seen her. I mean, I think that it was, it was, a lot of people loved it, but it was pretty polarizing. A yeah, lot of people no, also we, desperately we had, hated it. We went through it. We went through it with the show. Did we not? 
Oh, for sure. And I, you know, it was enough like Sex in the City to me that I just felt like I was watching Sex in the City. I didn't react as negatively to Che as as much as the rest of the world did, or it's to what the story was. It, I felt like I was just watching an extension of Sex in the City. I really did. I mean, you miss her. You miss Kim Cattrall's energy. I think if it felt different, it was strictly because she wasn't there. You know, it was a car with three wheels. Like, it still runs. <laughs> yeah. but no, I mean, you know, well, hence, I mean, it took safe. three It took three new characters to, like, hold the one wheel that was Samantha. Right. So now we have, not only do we have Kim Cattrall back for probably what's going to amount to 12 seconds, but we also have Miranda finally going back to being redheaded, which I found so distracting last season that she just yeah. went white. I was not, I just, it bothered me. This is the thing is like the first season I rewatched it with my younger cousins who like had never seen it. And they came to visit New York and we watched it in like two days. And okay. when you rewatch it now, you're like, Oh my God, this is so preachy and so PC and like, so like, like trying so hard to do like the Lord's work for every community of every person alive. And it's very like, and because it is that it like doesn't work and it's like not doing any of those things. Right. And so like watching it back, you're like, Oh God, wow, this was really bad. And then at the end, you're then like, I can't wait for season two. Oh, <laughs> like, you want like once now that they've gone through it all and you've established the characters and you see the thing and you see the this and they don't have to be like preaching to you every freaking five seconds and this and that and this and that. Like I'm like, oh, now it's the six ladies. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. You know, it was good. It had the tone. It, it still had the tone that the old the, the old show meant a lot to so many people. I remember I, I was living in Chicago at the time and very much missing my two best friends who still lived in New York. And we, we both at the same time watched the season four cliffhanger when they're having a barbecue on the roof and Kim Cattrall is in that little Daisy Duke <laughs> outfit and they're playing above the clouds by yes. Amber, which my friends and I used to dance to at the Roxy. And the three of us just called each other instantly and started crying. And I moved back to New York like 90 days later. Kim Cattrall, like she changed my life. She moved or did you I to, move to LA first. I can't remember, but we did cry on the phone. Okay. And I was back at least within one to five years. No, I was back pretty quickly. I might've swung by LA first. Got it. But yeah, the show meant a lot to a lot of people. So like the, 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 the opinions, the negative opinions about it were quite vicious. Well, I, it was or, funny because like it was, that. I was like, my cousins were like, no, we never saw it. And I was like, and we were like, but you didn't see about like this, the big thing that happens in episode one, wink, wink. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was oh like, God, the entire world was on fire when that episode aired. Like, what do you mean? What am I talking about? I was like, the Maybe stock market the was affected. World. Well, see, I was in my, I was like we were, 30 when the, all the, my late twenties, early thirties, when the other show aired. I, I, maybe your younger cousins really don't give a shit. Maybe they're not in the, well, they're also the algorithm that would even talk about it. I mean, these women, they're older than the Golden Girls were when the Golden Girls started now. Yes. I mean, that's established, right? Well, we're Gen, they're Gen Z and also like it's a show made for like us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's, a, right. it's not a show made for like young people to watch. It's like for us no. who like loved the show. No, it's like it's for people, you know. It's for it's for Boniva people. It's for Sally Field and her contempts. 
Speaking of people that the show is for, our guest this week, I texted him the article from Variety that says, Sex in the City Shocker, colon, Kim Cattrall to return as Samantha Jones with and Just Like That cameo. And he immediately texted our group chat back saying, shaking, quaking, pissing myself, haven't even clicked yet. Wow. Wow. And I screenshotted it because, like, how fucking funny is that? First of all, when you, whenever you, and our friend Tom does this as well, I when I see a colon written, I don't say colon. You I just say keep butthole. I, well, I, I'll say butthole if I'm in the proper company, but if I'm like a stranger, I never, am I weird that I don't do that? I do it for dramatic effect. Okay. As long as that's the reason, then I'm. Oh no, I don't. I wouldn't actually for, really. I wouldn't. If really. you're doing it for gay reasons, then fine. But if yes. you were like addressing the White House, you wouldn't say like Quantum Mania colon Ant Man and the Wasp. I said that backwards, didn't I? Yeah, you did, but it's fine. I just what's wrong with a good colon? I well, there's nothing wrong. Good, <laughs> a good clean colon has never been turned away by anybody. <sighs> Dear God. Not well, in this, I not mean, in our universe. I mean, we were uh, we were thrown in shocked by the news, and then we I immediately got very excited for the new season, and I'm surprised they kept it under wraps for this long. The guy that plays Charlotte's husband, I think, was did he say something dickish about Kim Cattrall in the press today? Oh, did he? He was something like, yeah, her cameo was great because none of us had to be there with her or something like that. Ah, <laughs> slam. Wait, really? Right? That's amazing. His name Remember is Remember when Evan we Handler. saw his penis in season one? Yes. <laughs> Which I think was fake, but yeah. Evan Handler. There is a comedian named Anna Roisman. Do you know who she is? Yes, I do. I listen to her sometimes. Okay. I used to, years ago, I worked with her, uh, her boyfriend, Jared. Uh, he, I don't know. I, I think I'm sure he's still in the business. I follow him on Insta, but she does an impersonation of Steve. No, from I Sex know. In the City. I watch it when he goes. She goes Miranda. I, I sometimes just yeah, Miranda. Like Miranda? I don't even want to do it because I feel like it will be belittling her genius. No, and she did like a compilation, a compilation of of all of them one time, and it was so funny, <laughs> utterly. She is so talented, and it is like the most utterly ridiculous person to do an impersonation of, and it is so good. It is so, so good. And speaking of um, people doing comedy shows um, and Pride, why don't you tell us right oh, now that people Chris, have- Oh, so surprised. I wasn't anticipating to further promote my own show. I will be performing my Pride show uh, at the Cutting Room in New York City on June 16th and- June 22nd. The name of the show is Surprising No One, colon, an unnecessarily dramatic coming out story from somebody everyone already knew was gay. Spoiler alert. I am the somebody. I am the gay (laughs) of the story. I talk about my wives, multiple. I'm still reeling from that news. I can't wait. I can't wait to tell the world. Oh, my dalliance with a sitcom star. I'm surprised that you haven't tried what? to guess who the sitcom star was. I didn't 80s. know this. You Come just on. told me the first time right now. Who a was sm- it? It was a small dalliance with an 80s sitcom star. Will you tell me if I guess it? I will tell you if you're on the right track. Do you say who it is on the show? I do say who it is. Oh, okay, then I want to just show. wait. No, I want to be. I want to wait and I want to be blown away by it. It was Rue McClanahan. Stop. Oh, it's a woman? <laughs> no. Oh, thank no. God. Okay. It was a man. 
Okay. Oh, I turned into Rue McClanahan. Well, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> I also talk about my shocking encounter with a legend's son, with someone I saw at an irreputable establishment that I visited in the late 1990s. Dear God. That which one, I'm not sure if I can say. I don't know. My attorney says I shouldn't say his name, which means I'm probably going to say it because okay. I'd rather have the publicity of a lawsuit, even if I end up poor. I have a story for you. I completely forgot about this. Are you ready for oh, this? tell me. Yeah. I was with someone who was at the Rosie O'Donnell show when Cher and Celine Dion were both there. And Cher was in her dressing room getting ready for... To go on to the Rosie O'Donnell show. And Celine Dion comes into her dressing room. And her hello to Cher was her just singing one of Cher's songs oh a cappella to Cher and bowing down to her. How on earth did I say that until minute like 10, 15? Oh my of this? God. Wait, do you, what did Cher? I, I don't like know what Cher the song was. Like, I think that's a bit much. And Cher was like laughing and dying and like loved it and like thought it was funny. And that oh. was, and then this person that told me the story was just like in the room with the two of them, like watching this happen. That's genius. If that's not me and you in a story, I don't know what is. Only if you and I are in the Cher and Celine roles. That's what I'm saying. Like you're Cher and I'm Celine. <laughs> yep. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So our guest today is a dear and old friend of both Chris and I. Uh, he has affected your lives in ways you're not even aware of, but I'm going to tell you right now. It is because he is the executive producer of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So, yeah, the happiness in your life was brought to you by this person. He is also the writer and creator of the Roku and YouTube series, Lo, The New Adventures of Ultimate Man's Ex-Girlfriend, which happens to feature in some very pivotal supporting roles, both Chris DeRosa and Dominic Pupa. He is a reality television legend and veteran and just the greatest friend and guy. Mr. Tom Chacho is with us today. Hi, Tom. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here again, but also for the first time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> no one yet knows what you're talking about, but they will. They will. They, they definitely will. I know. Will. I'm very into the time loop of it all. Now, Tom is also here because he is a... I don't know what what would be a non-insulting all adoration word to use for someone who is 
a Marvel expert or comic. I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm like a, I'm a comic book lifer. Like I've been reading monthly comics since I was eight years old. You can do the Mm -hmm. math on what that is. Mm -hmm. I've been Mm -hmm. reading Marvel comics that whole time. Um, I'm still, I mean, I bought comic books today. I will buy comic books tomorrow. I wake up early to read them. They're usually what I read when I go to bed. So um, if I'm not dealing with housewives, I'm usually dealing with superheroes. This is not a person who's like, I've seen Iron Man 3 and so I'm a Marvel fan. Like that's not right. mm-hmm. that's not who's in front of us today. This is Well, if you look behind me, I know it's not a visual medium, but that is just the X-Men shelf. It's a shelf full of me. literal figurines, comic books, other paraphernalia that all are X-Men. Yeah, this, this, yeah. And then there's the DC shelf and the Marvel shelf, um, the indie shelf. Do the twain ever meet in your interior design? Well, I I like to have a certain amount of like order to where things go, you know. Although, like, you know, Avengers versus X-Men is allowed to be in the X-Men shelf. Okay. I also want to just back up one minute, by the way, because you said that your life is surrounded by either housewives or superheroes. I would just like to Mm -hmm. remind both you and our audience that the housewives are actually superheroes. And I don't know. They are. And I actually think that growing up reading comic books is why I'm so good at tracking housewife story because like mm-hmm. the same chunk of my brain that knows when the X-Men fought Magneto is the same chunk of my brain that knows when Sheree shifted Kim's wig. Like it exists <laughs> in the same part of my mind. It's time for us to fix Marvel. And we must say, you know, we, we do reach out. We reach out to the listeners and say, who do you want us to fix? And Marvel was, was not, I believe just one vote. There were several people uh, especially recently, who have said it's time to fix Marvel. Tom, what are your, mm-hmm. do you think it needs fixing, first of all? Well, I, I am, you know, I have a little bit of like Stockholm Syndrome with Marvel post Endgame, where you don't, I am, um, I, I, <laughs> I was making a lot of excuses. For Marvel Uh, with like some not so great movies and some not so great TV and you know even when you had asked originally I was like I don't know I don't know if now's the time but then I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp colon Quantum Mania and I was like I'm concerned and I'm the most concerned I've been in a long time um you know it's sort of like when you are um a victim of abuse and you don't necessarily realize you have been victimized, but then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, Oh my God, the signs, the signs were there. This guy has been gaslighting me for 30 films and six television projects. Couldn't it have just couldn't Ant-Man and the Wasp colon quantum mania by the way every time I, someone says the word it's colon the as, thing a, as a punctuation, a punctuation mm-hmm. i don't hear anything but butthole you might as well yeah. have said ant-man and the wasp butthole quantum mania we're now adding that to the fixing mm-hmm. famous people glossary which is of course mm-hmm. led by 
clitorally. But clitorally. poor Ant Man, couldn't it have just been a bum, a bum day, or a bum director? Could it? Wh- why has this movie made people think that everything about Marvel needs to be overhauled? Well, I think it was the issue with what's happening there writ large. Like mm-hmm. it was sort of because I think there have been problems with certain projects and there are a lot of things I've really loved post Endgame. Like, I don't think it's all terrible, but Quantumania was like this confluence of the CGI is not there. Like it's not a pleasing movie to look at. Okay. Um, and Which so is much upsetting of this... because like it's, they're known for like the CGI being great because they put so much money yeah. into their films. Correct. Yeah, correct. And it's a combination of it looked bad. The story didn't make a ton of sense. And it felt like it was setting up. It was more interested in setting up the next thing Mm -hmm. than being the thing that it is. It seems to me that there's like an agenda. Like, obviously, we Mm -hmm. know that there's the phases. Now that they're into like, oh, we're going to tease you like five years into the future of like what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. we know that's all coming. None of it's a surprise anymore. Whereas like at the beginning, I don't think we knew what was, what was coming. Mm-hmm. And so I think now that we're like in our second, like generation of this whole friend, right. like, you know, movie behemoth, mm-hmm. it's, it's so obvious that every movie is setting up the next movie to get us to here, to get us to there, to allow that this is going to be good enough to then see that this is going to be here to then see that this is going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, even I, like Wakanda I, Forever was like, in theory, really just a vehicle to set us up to like have the Young Avengers start to come together, right? Correct. I actually think that Wakanda Forever is one of the better films, if not the best post Endgame film. Like, I would oh say God. it's probably, oh or go. you don't, you didn't like it, Don? I loved it, but I'm afraid Chris is going to explode because no, I think that he. No, I just, I did just not like, like it. Was, it. No, it was fine. It it was it was good, but like, I don't know. It was very long. He and said it was, that and it, it was, was very like, okay, we're setting up this person that's gonna be, you know, it was a lot of backstory of a villain. It was a lot of backstory mm-hmm. of another character that we've never seen before. It was a lot. I mean, they had their problems because I'm assuming that they had the movie halfway written and then the main character yeah. actor died and then they had to completely pivot the movie. Correct. I heard you say that Halle Berry's Catwoman was actually a better film than Wakanda Forever. <laughs> Don't you forever. dare. Although what I, what I think, what I think is... <laughs> Um, I do feel like Catwoman is due for a critical reappraisal, though. But I do think <laughs> what like Wakanda Forever does sort of reveal some of the problems because, you know, that you have this tragedy where your star dies, but the the most amount of time they spend in pre-production on these things is like previs and character design and set building and they were just able to be like let's write a whole new story with all of these toys uh-huh. um and i think they did it very effectively because i was very into and moved by it and i understand i'm you know i am coming at it differently because i have a relationship with the source material so i'm really excited to see shuri become black panther i was really excited for namor to join the mcu um, so it was hitting a lot of the right buttons for me. And honestly, I think it's not for nothing. It's kind of like too much to watch. Do, do you, would you agree with this? I, 
I mean, no. Believe it or not, have finally. <laughs> no, I've actually I reached my saturation point because I okay. was someone who was like, I watch all of the CW shows, I watch all of the Marvel shows, I watch all of the movies, and I still keep up with all of the Marvel movies. But even in the last five years, it's reached a point where I'm like, uh, I can't finish Punisher, I can't finish the Inhumans. Um, and I'm someone who like watched all of Agents of Shield. How many other people can say that? Just just the other two who did, I would imagine. Right? Sil- silence, yeah. <laughs> deafening <laughs> silence. <laughs> but you know what I feel I think like? I have I, one I, friend, I, one friend that watched who watched all, of all every episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Marvel now that they're so. It's sort of like RuPaul's Drag Race, where every time another iteration comes out, everyone just says, this is it. It's over. We're not doing it anymore. And then it just breaks records and it just keeps going and going and going. And up until I personally do not. Well, I shouldn't say never, but when it comes to Drag Race, I don't see a lowering of the quality very often. I feel like they, they remain the same. But with Marvel, I feel like that's not the case. Again, only recently, and this has only come to my attention that people have a problem with it because of because of the most recent Ant-Man. That's really mm-hmm. it. Well, because the recent Ant-Man was all of the complaints because people have complained about the last Thor movie. People have complained about a lot of the TV shows. People have complained about the last Doctor Strange. And Quantumania was every problem the last phase had had in one movie. Do you think that people had a problem, a believability problem with Ant-Man because no one believes someone who looks like Michelle Pfeiffer would ever fuck Michael Douglas because he's a bag of bones? <laughs> I... Multiverse, um, CGI, you're an ant, you're a wasp, I don't care. But fact, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas, absolutely not. The How fact that you, both Michael. of them are in those movies is insane to me. Like, is that wrong? I, I'm sorry. It, no, it is insane. Well, but it's also just like, but like Helen Mirren is in The Fast and the Furious. That like, everybody true. needs a check. <laughs> Charlize. You know? Yes. Charlize Theron. Yes. Brie yes. Larson is in She's the in one. the whole... Brie Larson's in the new Fast and Furious? Brie Larson is in the new one. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. When I'm so excited. Stop? Wait, don't you love that they were like, this is the last movie, and then they were like, but it's, it's going to be three movies. <laughs> I just, Do either of you watch them? Because there's nothing no. that gives me more joy than a Fast and Furious movie. I, that is one of um, the few movies... I go see them in the theater for real. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're so, you wouldn't think they'd be my type of movie, but I love those movies. I well, here's why it's, them. here's why it's your type of movie. Cause I watched them all over the pandemic. Cause we eventually ran out of television mm-hmm. and then we watched all of the fast and the furiouses and then saw the first new one. It was like our first movie in the theater. So it's like very important to, yes. you know, being yeah. at home and then getting out of the home. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the reason you like it is it is a soap opera for heterosexual yeah, yes, men. Because it, ah. it is like, because it is like, um, you know, Michelle Rodriguez is dead and then she's not. She has amnesia and then she doesn't have amnesia. Like Vin Diesel has how many secret brothers and family members? Like it's very days of our lives sure. with cars. Sure. And I think that is why you know, both straight and gay men can appreciate those films. Well, I'm also okay. a narcissist and the lead character's name is Dom. So that's probably Dom, why yeah, I just like hearing it scream from a movie screen. Okay. Have any of you guys ever seen Vin Diesel doing karaoke in his own house on YouTube singing stay by Rihanna? 
you're bringing my whole world to a standstill right now I because I, I know I'm going to be. We might have to log off and come back. <laughs> we might have to log <laughs> off and come back. Wait, we I might have to have work to tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to send I, you both afterwards. And also I will link it in the show notes of this. You episode. have to, you have but to, but it is one of the best things I've ever seen in my whole life. And you will never, ever, ever like mm-hmm. have a sad day ever again, because you can just throw on that, that or men, uh, many other songs that he has up on YouTube where he's singing into a karaoke machine for no reason at all. But is he unironically? I, I think he's serious about it. Oh God. Okay. I love him by the way. No, I feel like he's deeply earnest. Like I feel like he's never kidding. No, he's yes. Correct. I'm looking at a layout of of (laughs) like, he's really, he's about family. No, he's singing. He he wants you to stay. Like he's really singing those lyrics to whoever. Yeah. I'm looking at a breakdown of the, the Marvel, the phases as it were. Mm -hmm. And you know, the purity of that first phase, which begins with Iron Man and ends with the mm. Avengers, it seems so so simple. long ago because it's like ten years, ten plus years ago. No, it was yeah, two thousand started in two thousand eight. Well, fifteen now. Iron Man yeah. came out in two thousand eight. A lot of it, I feel now, is like we're doing this just to do it. Like you know mm. what I mean? Like we're doing She Hulk so that we can say that we did She Hulk and we did like a, a procedural comedy. Do you know what I mean? Which I, I like She-Hulk, though. I like She-Hulk. I did, too. Well, that was something but, that had its own point. That but, was something that had its own point. The silly stuff, though, was, like, all of the Hulk stuff it set up that were, like, well, where is this going to go? Yes. And, like, even just, it's it just turned into, like, I don't know. I just feel like so much of it turned into, like, we're doing this because we because we're doing it because you're waiting for the next movie, so we're doing this show mm-hmm. so that we can have this character be in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. it's, like, it's just very building on itself. And the fact that you've now given us the blueprint of what you are doing, it's so obvious. I think that is kind of, there's like zero mystery to it anymore, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I already have issues um, understanding the multiverse, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. And so I think I, Marvel has problems understanding the multiverse, which is part of they, the problem. That, that is, yeah, that is part of the problem. Because I'm like, I what are the it. rules here? Well, that's the thing is like you, they, they, everyone can die. Now it's like everyone can die a million times. Everyone can get hit by a bus. Everyone can get beheaded. I feel like there were, there were moments in this journey, in this Marvel journey where they turned a casual viewer or casual fan like myself into an actual fan where I could follow along Mm -hmm. the movies. And I'm trying to pinpoint at what point it all fell apart. I'm going to assume it's, it's after Endgame, which isn't that long mm-hmm. ago. Um, I, it then started to feel a little bit like work. I mean, it started to yes. feel like I had to watch all once they started introducing the television element and that we were dipping mm-hmm. in and out of the timeline that way. I sort of unintentionally gave up. You know, that happened a little bit to me with the Mandalorian as well, which I'm trying to correct. And that's a separate podcast, but mm-hmm. it's sort of when all the TV shows started coming out. And I felt like if I, if I didn't go in order with everything bouncing between the movies and the TV shows that I was going to miss out. And I just lost interest after that, really like as far as yeah. keeping up with everything. It was homework. I felt like I had homework. Right. And it was like, we right. needed to watch, we, we needed to watch Moon Knight every, every, which was good. But I was like, what is the point of this? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was well, like, well, I think the issue ahead. is that they've made you feel like everything has to have a point yes. in a larger narrative. And when it doesn't, you feel dissatisfied. And like, 
there's less of a focus on making it feel like it's pure individual mm-hmm. story because mm-hmm. none of them have felt like their own little story but then when they do make it their own little story you're then like well why did i just watch all of this if it's not going to tie into the you know what i mean they they're kind of like mm-hmm. they're damned if they do and they damned if they don't because if it's its mm-hmm. own thing i'm like well what the fuck does this have anything to do with anything i need to be watching stuff to, that, that's teaching me what the next movie's about and then if i if it's too if i it's too overtly like setting something up that i'm like well this is just a setup for this like if they've kind of made us like i don't know i feel like i'm like no matter what i'm like upset mm-hmm. and you just said something too that's another problem for marvel retaining a casual fan is that there are definitely there have always been two levels of fandom there's mm-hmm. the the tom level and then there's the dominic level and so when i hear that Oh, you know, in the comics, this did blah, blah, blah. Like it feels every time they go away from what was in the comics, the Tom level fans make such a stink out of it that I sort of go into these movies feeling prejudiced. Like I'm not seeing the real deal because they changed everything. And I'm feeling like I'm being gypped because they didn't go along with what was in the original source material. Well, I think it's the it's it's like any good adaptation for me is like if it would be cool in the comics, like I'm cool to see that change on screen because the changes don't always bother me because I feel like, for example, like Captain Marvel is probably a movie with some of the biggest changes, but gets the core of the character and her origin right that I think it's a really good movie. Okay, before we go to our pitches. Speaking of movies, Tom, mm. you have something you need to tell Dominic that I told you not to tell him until we were here. Um, is this going to end our friendship? No, it's you're going to pass out. Is what's going to happen? All right, I'm, let me be. I'm make sure I'm seated. Go ahead. Yeah, be ready. Um, two nights ago, <laughs> I was at the Taylor Swift Eras Tour Which in I Philadelphia. Do you want to ask you about? Okay. Wait, hold on. I need to um, be, wait. 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 Stop. Stop. I need to be recording this on my phone. Sorry. Aren't we recording this, it on the internet? Video? No, we're not. Because he wants video. Because he wants I need video. video. I need video. Okay, continue. Okay. So I was in, I was on the floor and right behind me was the VIP section and people were screaming every time the VIPs entered. Don't do this. And I, the key, I, I just don't do the this. The VIPs in my section were. Don't do this. And I should list them all, right, Chris? And just build. yeah, but save the biggest one for last. Um, you know who I'm. I'm, al- I'm already lightheaded, by the way. I just because I don't was, know what's coming, but you're making a big deal out Jennifer of it. Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, who I who I like very much. Keith Urban. <laughs> Are you sure and, that wasn't Meg Ryan? And, <laughs> same wig, same wig, but okay. it wasn't Meg Ryan. Um, and Keith Urban's wife, Nicole. <gasps> first of all i bet that's the first time in recorded history that anyone has ever just referred to her as keith urban's wife i would never say that but i wanted to build to it by the way i mean but of all and in philadelphia was that the only place they could get tickets What the fuck are they it doing here? Be, it might be. Well, how was the concert? By the way, Dominic, please know that uh, he was sending us photos, and I said you cannot tell Dominic about this. Like, <laughs> you must wait. Like, sending like like 
t- threatening text messages to him mm-hmm. saying like you you will not say this. This is what would have happened. If <laughs> if you had defied Chris and texted me, I would have gone driven to there. Amtrak <laughs> and just been I would have been there before mm-hmm. the end of it. I'll send you the photos when we finish. I um, I'm so jealous. Is it true, as I heard that Taylor on this tour, at the beginning of every tour stop, she immediately starts dating someone in the audience, then breaks up with them in hour three, writes a <laughs> hateful song about them, <laughs> so the crowd will beat him on the way to the parking lot? Is that true? Did it happen? Um, That's not true. I think she I just awesome. wants to continue to... Um, you know, fuel the hate mob that she's directed at Jake Gyllenhaal and John Mayer. I can't, is well, what it feels what like. What about it's already directed at poor Matt Healy? He's been on the scene for like thirty. I know, and there's even gotten a second base together. with her they're yet. Still, maybe together. We don't know. But uh, there were people in like fuck Jake Gyllenhaal t-shirts. Like <sighs> there was merch, like self-made merch about them. And I think we also need to be prepared for the way everyone is going to hate John Mayer again when she re-releases Speak Now in oh, July. Oh, God. Poor John I'm ready Mayer. for it. He's a piece of shit, so. Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal also has never done anything wrong in his entire life, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. So I think that it's very unfair that she has turned all of these people against all of these other seemingly nice people, although John Mayer mm-hmm. is a little bit of a D-bag, but he's a, he's a very talented musician. I know, but I mean, if you listen to the 10 minute version of All Too Well, you feel like Taylor has some points. That is so much time for one song. Mm-hmm. I'll never do it. I will only listen to a shortened two minute version of it. Dear God. All right. I think it's time to get to the pitches. <laughs> it is. You're a hard, this is a hard critic we're about to pitch to. I'm, this is the, mm. this is probably the hardest pitch that we'll, we've had to do yet. Do you agree with this, Dominic? I, I absolutely agree with it because he, I know I'm going to say something in my pitch that's going to go against Canon, his encyclopedic. Mm. He's going to tell me why it can't work. And I'm probably going to log off. So just so we're all I'm definitely storming (laughs) off this one. But Chris, go ahead. Okay. My pitch. Marvel is going to, at the beginning of every movie and or TV show, now have a here's what you need to know to be caught up to be able to watch this TV show if you're out of like the the loop and it's going to be told by the characters in the shows. So it's like, if it's, if it's talking about like Captain Marvel, like mm-hmm. Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, AKA Captain Marvel is there looking straight into the camera, explaining to you what she did in the last Captain Marvel movie to get you up to speed for the Marvels. And then Ms. Marvel is next is like you know comes in and then the um her friend's daughter who was in WandaVision is then there and they're all explaining how they got to where they are and that's like you're literally getting like a here's what you need to know to watch this movie and that could be 10 minutes that could be 20 minutes like it could be 2 minutes however much long you need you're getting that at the end beginning of every TV show and movie cuz I can't do this anymore I can't do the homework I can't do it's too much <laughs> go ahead <laughs> Can I ask questions? You can, you may, but this is where, this is where it's, I'm on my blood's already it's coming down on me already. <laughs> Go ahead. I, um, you hate as this. You started, no, as soon as you started, I was <laughs> like, is Chris going to pitch a pre to Marvel movies? Like, is he one a previously on? Is he going to, that's what you missed on Glee, these that, films? Yes. I no. don't think you're wrong, but I don't know. It, it, 
sounds band-aidy. Let's okay. have the the next the other thing they're going to do it is sounds band-aidy. Yeah, Go ahead, Chris. I'm skipping right over that. <laughs> I need a band-aid after that. <laughs> Um, the other thing they're going to do is like, because of all these like movies that they've now bought the rights to and all this shit, they're not mm-hmm. going to cast new characters. They're going to just pony up to all of the people that were in the original X-Men and the original Fa- Fantastic Four, whichever iteration we pick mm-hmm. to be the one that's mm-hmm. the original for them. And like, we're not, rec- we're not doing origin movies for all of the, the, you know, we'll do a Fantastic Four movie if we have to. But, like, we're keeping the X-Men as they are. We're, like, re-releasing X-Men 1 through whatever in the theaters so people can watch them. And Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. Like, I can't do this. I can't do oh. three more. He he hates it. X-Men movies. Well, they're, they're, they're like, sort of half-seas doing that. Oh, they are? I, I don't know. But, and that's what we're doing. And then literally, like, the, literally. Literally. Thank me. you. God. Literally, we're just throwing those characters that we already know right into the the MCU. Like, I can't do. Like, mm-hmm. we're not doing the heavy lifting there, and people are going to be titillated. And that is my pitch. Okay. Disappointment. I I wish we did have video available for this so everyone could see Tom's face. Tom is literally just <laughs> sitting there like Professor X no. looking very disapprovingly at Miranda well, Priestley. I just, Priestley. Miranda it was Priestley. actually like, I was like, I caught myself pursing my lips and I was like. No, the scene where they were there, where Stanley Tucci is explaining like when she goes and sees clothing, she'll say, mm, or she'll go, mm. Or like say, mm-hmm, or she'll mm-hmm. purse her lips, which is like the worst thing that could ever happen. And like designers will just basically kill themselves afterwards. He did exactly that face of the pursing of the lips <laughs> at the end of my pitch. <laughs> All right. Well, my pitch is sort of an amalgamation of many things I've been thinking of and hearing this week. I would love, I grew up with uh Star Wars and Star Wars. Part of the appeal of Star Wars was that everyone in the cast was unknown and became mm. stars from being in it. It oh. made it just feel more. It just made it feel more wholesome and somehow realer, you know, in for in a genre that's not not known for being real. So I sort of want Marvel to get back to that. And I know I don't want to have to sit here and watch all of these people sort of like dip in and out of these movies about, you know, who's going to leave first, you know, like someone's going to have, someone's going to have to get swapped out because they're going to get too old or they're going to get too bloated or something's going to happen, or maybe they'll pass away in real life and they're just going to have to, they're going to have to swap everyone out at once. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're getting the Michelle Pfeiffer, in Ant-Man and Wasp was where I'm just like, I'm seeing a shark fin pop up as far as my interest in Marvel. And I love, I am a lifelong fan of the brilliant and beautiful Michelle Pfeiffer. But if it's getting this stunty, how do we, let's just go overboard on the stunt part while also saying we're done with the stunts and we're going to start this fresh for everybody. I am inspired by news that The Bachelor is doing something called the golden bachelor this fall where Mm -hmm. everyone's going to be 60 plus on the bachelor. So my limited knowledge of the multiverse being what it is, what I think we need to do is 
get rid of everyone in the Marvel Universe now, age all of their characters by 40 years, and have them in the multiverse, full stunt casting for the whole Marvel Universe. We've gone ahead 40 years, and they're going to hand the torch over to a generation of complete unknowns who will take this from the ages of 18 up to 40. Let's do a 20-year spam while they're all viable as movie stars. I am talking about Diane Keaton as Black Widow. This is what I'm talking about. Oh my God. I'm talking about Clint Eastwood as Thor. I am talking about Gene Hackman as Ant-Man. I want to go full. I want to pull these Hollywood legends out of mothballs to say goodbye to the most successful franchise in cinema history. Let's just go out with a million bangs and then we can just start fresh and meet new mm-hmm. celebrities just like we did with the kids, you know, in in Harry Potter. Storm from X-Men, James Earl Jones. I'm not kidding about any of this. I'm not kidding about any of this. Now, <laughs> Professor X is not the only one in a wheelchair in my version of saying goodbye to him. Like, they all need to be. Everyone's in a wheelchair now. Everyone's in a wheelchair. Captain America, Tony Bennett. I'm not joking. Let's do this. Nick Fury, Judy Dench. Let's do it. We'll switch genders. I knew she was we'll coming. Races. I knew she was She's coming. Always... <laughs> Wait, do I always default to Judy Dench? You you reference her in almost every single episode of this podcast. <laughs> well, I like Judy Dench as Nick Fury because what it says about the multiverse with her role in James Bond. Is it is very actually very fitting. It's a very, it's very good role casting. For her. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm just looking, I'm looking, Doctor Strange, Jane Fonda. Let's do it. Let's switch everyone around. She already is Doctor Strange. She is Doctor Strange. Star-Lord, Sophia Loren. Let's just keep keep it going. Let's switch the gender. Everyone's gender. Let's just switch it. Did you see Quantumania, Dom? Or you just know people are mad? No, I just know people Uh, are mad. Well, it's, it's getting a little bit with what you're talking about, but just so you know, it, Michelle Pfeiffer is like the lead, so you should watch it when it's on Disney Plus. Of she is, she's like for all intents and purposes like the protagonist of this movie. Oh, Uh-oh. and I do believe she would fuck Michael Douglas mostly because you, I would. You, oh well, that movie they try to they have to make him like fifty years old and then also like ninety years old. Like I yeah. remember in the last one, like he they had to like age him down to be like a forty year old dad with like a penis <laughs> child, and then also like literally the crypt keeper. And I was like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? <laughs> Michael Douglas is the only one probably that could continue appearing. He's just good. Because, He's good to go. Well, yeah. the Douglases, <laughs> they never the Douglases never die. They just yeah. don't. They just stick around. He's that the only not... returning character. Catherine Zeta-Jones wakes up every morning, looks at him and goes, still? This was not, this was not <laughs> the plan. It was happening. Okay, Tom, I want you to, I'm I'm barring you from doing your pitch yet. I think you should pick one of ours, but then obviously you should do your, you should tell us what the actual answer is so we can then find out. <laughs> or we might um, refute it. We well, I'm going to pick, right? I'm going to pick. You, can you pick should pick. First and then I, I... This is a very difficult decision <laughs> because I feel like um, them are good. neither of you are really interested in fixing this problem. 
which is like which is like proves that you're real entertainment professionals because I feel like no one in our business is interested in fixing anything. Um, you can pick Z- none. But I think Chris is going to get us where we need to go. <gasps> um, this is my and not just because, And not just because he's pitching things that are actually happening, but... Um, you mean because che- I, the word for that is cheating. Cheating. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations, Chris. Sorry if Tom has his way. The world will never see... <laughs> Rita Moreno as She-Hulk, mm-hmm. which seems to be a cultural <laughs> to me. But I will, this, I, I will shop this pitch elsewhere, I suppose. This, mm-hmm. I will say that this is the first time that I feel that I do not deserve the win that I got. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, you also didn't, you weren't going to pitch this and think that Tom, that Do, Tom was going to actually pick elderly people playing the characters. I know that you didn't. I don't know. I mean, I thought maybe I could sway him if I said someone he was a big fan of. He like loved, maybe yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis as Professor X. I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of options mm-hmm. here. A lot of options. Tom, we, you know what I'm going to say, right? Because we yeah, did uh, we did an episode about uh, Chris Pratt. And I, you know, when Chris Pratt was under fire for being, well, for any reason, mm. for belonging to a homophobic church, for being mm. voted the world's worst Chris, blah, 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 for all of it. De- you know, Ru- you know, divorcing Anna Ferris, any of those times, he always gets defended by everyone right away mm. in the in the MCU. You never see anyone from Parks and Rec or Jurassic World coming mm. to defend him, but it's always like right on cue. Is yeah, Aubrey be- Plaza doesn't take any of those bullets. No, no sure but doesn't. I, I believe that the the MCU once you I believe it is like Scientology. I believe that they clean up your messes. They order everyone to support each other, no matter what, and that way they stay innocuous and their nose is clean. Like I don't know if Ezra Miller were part of the MCU, they might have killed him and just started the movie over and said, no one mm-hmm. knows where Ezra Miller is. Cause I don't know how you get out of it. Yeah. Hashtag where's Ezra. Hashtag- yeah. Where is Ezra? <laughs> I can't wait to see how they're going to launch that movie. I mean, I think you just throw the it in flash. the garbage, right? How do you Well, do no, that? they can't. Well, they well how are they? They've already thrown out one movie where Michael Keaton came back to play Batman. Cause he was Batman in the Batgirl movie that they scrapped. And he's Batman again I in this Flash movie, and I'm just like, how the like? Well, that's I'm just how thinking about like how much gonna... money did you throw at Michael Keaton to get him to put that costume back on again? But also, and that's... then throw out the movie. But that's how they do it: is that they build it up as Michael Keaton is going to be like they actually have something really great. Yeah. That we well, the trailers, see. the trailers look like it's a Batman movie. Yeah, right. And I think that they are trying to get Michael Keaton the Angela Bassett supporting. Uh, mm-hmm. Oscar slot and I think he will probably win because many people think he should have won for uh, Birdman Bird which was like his mm-hmm. he won't do anything better than that it was his magnum opus but I do think that there is potential for him to sweep in there at awards time and win a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff like Angela Bassett did let me ask this question Hawkeye is a mm-hmm. that's a that's a television series yeah how many episodes a mini, is that? A mini series uh, it's six episodes, I think. Oh, yeah. six? Oh, I could plow right through that. Oh, oh it's Tom, delightful. thanks it's so New much York for being here. Time. It's a New York. It's New York and Christmas time. It's New York at Christmas time. Florence Pugh is in it. I um, could plow right through it. 
All right, Am I going to have to say this joke a third time? Oh, God, mm-hmm. we heard. We this go, is we got terrible. It. This is terrible. Oh Tom, thanks for being here <laughs> and humiliating me five times in an hour uh, on the show that has my name in it. Um, Chris, thank you for being here. I will never see you again because you're winning too many of these. <laughs> I'm on a can, can I say one thing about Dominic before we go? Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, you can say seven things. I'll run this thing all I... night long. <laughs> I just want to urge everyone to go see Dominic's show in June. Oh. And not just because I bullied him to do this show. Um, which I have been bullying you to do this show for seven years now. Like it, since the last time you did this you version are, of the show. This show I can say publicly would not exist had you not pushed me to do it for sure. There's there's no doubt. Um, but the last version of this show that Dominic did is the definition of when the personal becomes universal. You will see Dominic in the show. You will see yourself in this show. You will laugh. You will cry. You will understand the like entirety of a person's experience. Um, and that was when I decided I wanted to be one of his best friends because we were friendly, but we were not super close and i was like i need to get close to this amazing hysterical insightful being so um thank you so i just want to urge you to see it because i love dominic and because it's my fault that he's doing it (laughs) (laughs) and i and i take responsibility for my messes you are very kind. You are very kind. I love you, Tom. And I appreciate the encouragement all of these years because this show is truly, it's just been fun to write. It's very, it, this. what Tom's referring to is a show I did years ago, an autobiographical show, um, which was music free and very straightforward, but the the message was sort of universal. And now that I've I'm a little more seasoned, shall we say? Mm-hmm. We are we are flaming it on with this new one with music and and take my tits out. It's going to be mm-hmm. all it's just so much so much cleavage and so much music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be great. Very good. And if you go on the 22nd of June, Tom and I will both be there. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Did you get 22nd tickets? 22nd. Okay, good. Well, you'll see us and You're many other guests on, from the podcast on the 22nd, actually. Yeah, a lot oh, of really? TV legends. Yes. Oh. All right, well, that's good. That's the that's closing night. There are mm-hmm. two nights. Uh, There's an opening night. It's not opening. It's, it's the closing <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to stand on the step and keep repeating. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. changing outfits to make it seem like the show ran for, for weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every person who comes to a step and repeat gets a new outfit or wig. Hilarious. Tom, truly, I love you and I thank you for your support all the time. And I love you both. I love listening. Tom, where, where can people find you? Uh, I am at Tom TV, spelt like the Willy Wonka character, um, on Instagram and Twitter. And watch Real Housewives at 8 o'clock on Sunday at Bravo or next day on Peacock. Absolutely. Dominic? Uh, You can find me at my website at dominatory.com or on all the socials at, at Dominic Puva. And as Tom mentioned... I am doing a pride show at the cutting room in New York on June 16th and June 22nd. You can access those tickets through my website or the cutting room's website. Chris. You can find me at the Chris Rosa. Please like and review the show and let us know in your review who you want us to fix next. I wish you both well and hashtag where's Shelly. Goodbye. Goodbye.